you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What is up, fantasy fans? It is the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am Marcus Grant alongside the Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano, the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhard behind the glass. James Coe, I think he's on the 405 somewhere right now. He's stuck on the freeway. Uh, I guess we'll see you when we see you, James Coe. Hopefully uh, you drive safe. Uh, you know, hands-free, don't text and drive, all that good stuff. Uh, so we will see James Coe probably in a little bit at some point midway through the show. In the meantime, well, week two is now officially over. We had a Monday night football game. We'll talk about that. Talk about some of the goings-on from Sunday's game as well. Look at the waiver wire ads potentially. Also a little buying and selling. Now is the time that we're through a couple of weeks. You start to see some trades heat up. Speaking of which, Fabs and I just pulled off. A big deal in our Dynasty League. We may get into that just a little bit in the show as well. Of course, we'll finish it off with some daily daps. But first, as always, well, first, good morning, gentlemen. I guess I should say uh, hello. Yeah, good you. morning. What's going on, buddy? How thanks, are you? Thanks for acknowledging us here. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. I got uh, I got my tea. I got my yogurt. I got a banana. You got a full uh, spread over there. Very healthy. I'm trying. I'm trying to you know lose some lbs. I've got to you know watch my girlish figure. I mean, you're on you're on the television and stuff now too. So what was that expression in knocked yeah. up? We just need it, you to. Tighten. He's a global star. Can't, can't legally say lose weight, but just tighten. Is that what they told <laughs> people? Just tighten. That was the joke on uh, Knocked Up, the <laughs> nice. Rogan movie back in the day. Just tighten. But before we get to headlines and stuff, don't forget, it's not too late to sign up to play fantasy at NFL.com. You can start leagues later. And if you do, hey, you can dodge some of the huge rash of injuries we've I know. You can draft <laughs> Rob Gronkowski first overall, not draft Romo, not draft Dez. No. Yep. Yeah. Not Ty- worry about Jordy or anybody else ruining your team from drafting early. No doubt. Hey, Tyrod Taylor's going to go flying off the board. After yeah, man. And guess years. what? Le'Veon Bell could be the first overall pick because <laughs> he's not going to miss any more games. You know what? Let's just reset all of our leagues. Right. Even though I think I'm 2-0 and in the Fantasy Live League, let's just reset draft Oh, uh, you threw that in there. I had to slide that in. Hey, <laughs> if, you, if you hadn't noticed, I dedicated that team to Jordy, too. I yes, picked I him up, that. put him on IR. Change the team name to Jordy Take the Wheel. <laughs> He's guiding me to victory so far. But should we do some news? Let's do some news. 
The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the world. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Well, we will start with the Monday night football game from Indianapolis, the Jets and the Colts, and uh, a lot of surprises in that one. First off, the Jets going into Indy, and they get a 20-7 to win in which they pretty much dominated Indianapolis, especially the Jets' defense, and uh, maybe the bigger surprise, Andrew Luck just looked flat-out awful on Monday night football, Luck with Maybe one of his worst days as a professional. He finishes 250 passing yards, a lot of those coming late in the ball game. One touchdown, three interceptions, also lost a fumble, 8.4 fantasy points. And now, this is two less than expected weeks from Andrew Luck. I mean, the first week, it wasn't great. He still finished with almost 18 fantasy points. This week, just an out-and-out disaster. I mean, Fabs, uh, I know it's only two weeks. It's time to drop him. I mean, it's two weeks, and I know I don't want to get into overreaction theater here, but something ain't right. Yeah, it's been bad. I mean, if you look at the the first half of that game in Buffalo – did nothing and then had a lot of garbage time points and actually salvaged what was a decent game uh, around 18 fantasy points. But last night, uh, the offensive line's got issues. They can't run the football. Uh, when you're throwing interceptions like that, I understand the Jets have a really good defense. And Antonio Cromartie's a miracle, man. He came back. Everyone thought he could be <laughs> out for a while. He played. But um, they do have the Titans coming up in week three. So uh, I think there's uh, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel here for Andrew Luck. In fact, if you're in a league where someone's frustrated with them, I would go out and buy low on them right now because offer. it's not going to get any worse for Andrew Luck. I mean, Alex, it, 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 through two weeks, what, three touchdown passes, five interceptions. I mean, we all know Luck is prone to throwing picks, but this seems a little uh, little overboard right yeah, now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've seen some people talking on Twitter and stuff that perhaps other holes on the roster are you know coming into light now and are, are – and Luck can't do everything on his own, and when he's trying to, he's forced into plays like his fumble run from Monday night or the costly interceptions where he's forcing the ball. They're, they just had a lot of trouble, and you got to give credit uh, to Todd Bowles for dialing up the blitzes that he did because Andrew Luck was thrown off his back foot and running for his life and taking hits all night, and he never got into a rhythm. And that could be, that until the Colts figure out a way to stop that, that could be the way that teams get after him and shut him down. Well, I know that was one of the things that uh, Matt Money Smith mentioned last week on NFL Fantasy Live. I was still trying to ride for Andrew Luck, and I still believe he can be a very productive quarterback, both on the field and in fantasy. But one of the things Money mentioned was that the offensive line in Indianapolis is a real concern, and we saw the Bills get after him with uh, their fantastic pass rush. Now we see the Jets get after him, you know, and next week, the Titans certainly not the same caliber of defense, but certainly a group that maybe could cause some problems up front. I think you're right. You're going to see a lot of extra pressure put there. And especially if the Colts can't defend anybody, then they're really going – they may end up playing from behind a lot, which puts a lot more pressure on Andrew Luck to make some plays in that offense. And um, uh, the best player in Indianapolis for the first two weeks has been – Dante Moncrief. Dante Moncrief, a guy who a lot of people – uh, can pick up off the waiver wire. Andre Johnson looks looks done. Uh, he looks like uh, yeah. I mean, he know. doesn't look like like the guy. Even last year, he looked better. I mean, I don't know what happened in the off season, but he doesn't look right. Well, and it's almost like you know, they they parted ways with Reggie Wayne because they felt like he was pretty much done. And obviously, the fact that he's not on an NFL roster right now kind of mm-hmm. speaks to the fact that people don't really feel like he has much left. But I don't 
you know, we thought that maybe they were going to get a little something out of Andre Johnson. It just hasn't been there for them. No, it hasn't. And uh, we, we talked about, uh, you know, injuries. Um, the injuries are mounting uh, across the league. I just saw a report that Jason Witten is now uncertain for this week. So, like, you lose Romo, you lose Dez, you lose DeMarco to free agency, you lose Jason Witten. <laughs> Do the Cowboys have know. anybody else? <laughs> I don't know who else the Cowboys are going to play this week. Babs, now's your chance. Go try out. <laughs> I know. Polly. Maybe I should do that. You know what? Uh, I, I could run a pretty good 40 I, I, Look, I mean, they can, they can sign Tim Tebow. He can quarterback oh, and play boy. tight end. He can do all of that. He can throw to himself. He'd be like Bugs Bunny when he played baseball that one. But are these injuries? Maybe I'm going off the rails here a little bit because I know Breeze is someone that we need to talk about. But these injuries have gotten ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of injuries, Honestly. Uh, I mean, Eric Decker leaves the game yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have an MRI on his knee right now and saying that it's not too serious. But look, the Jets' offense—it's—it's it's not spectacular. Nobody's going to say. Nobody's going to confuse them, you know, with the Packers or anything like that. But through a couple of weeks with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm, it's—it's it's been pretty good, it's been Alex. Pretty good. I was—I was, I was going to make sure we—we we brought that up because. They, uh, they had a good game plan and came in and attacked the Colts with their – and hopefully Decker's okay because right now as they're waiting to get Devin Smith back for that speed element, they've just been you know working Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall a lot as two big-bodied receivers that are able to make all of the kind of catches that they need in Chan Gailey's offense. And Chris Ivory's looked pretty good. The, the Colts uh, did a good job of trying to shut him down, but also New York just took what they gave him and threw the ball all over the field. Decker, had he not been left the game with an injury, probably would have crossed 100 yards, and Brandon Marshall finished with 101 too. You know what the best thing uh, that happened to the Jets this year so far? It's Chino getting getting yep. injured, crushed well, in and, the jaw. And I was because ask, I mean, like the Amish rifle? No, no, he's not getting that job back. No, listen, the Amish rifle. I I know he's you know he's kind of the butt of jokes and stuff like that, but everywhere he goes, he starts whether it's injury or or otherwise, and. I mean, he's not a terrible quarterback. He's not a terrible quarterback. He makes mistakes sometimes. But listen, okay, the Cleveland game, you know, it's at home. The Browns are not that great. Okay. But, I mean, you go into Indianapolis uh, and a team that is expected to be a Super Bowl contender, and you beat that team, and Fitzpatrick did just enough to win on offense, right? It wasn't putting up 345 and five touchdowns, but he's, he's really increased the value of Brandon Marshall, who I didn't like coming into this year. And part of it was Geno Smith. Uh, and also Eric Decker has, has done well. Hopefully he's going to be okay with the knee, but that Jets offense. And then Chris Ivory, okay, didn't do well last night, but had a great game in week one. Maybe the best thing that happened in the Jets was uh, the Amish rifle, well, rifle taking over. I feel like one of the things that we all said uh, you know, when Geno went down was that the Jets, you know, Fitzpatrick, maybe not, he might not be a superstar, but they didn't lose anything at quarterback. No, you know, it was at, a lateral at, move. It was a lateral move for them. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe Fitzpatrick is, a, is more of an answer than Geno Smith is right now. That certainly looks to be the case, and I, I think Fabs is right. You know, you can feel more confident with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. And, you know, your boy Chris Ivory, Alex, I mean, he, he has been pretty much as advertised the first two weeks. Of the yeah, season. he's looked good. I think the game script and the, the game plan kind of got away from him in this one. We didn't, we didn't love it anyways. Also, he was coming off a knee injury, so they worked Bilal Powell in a little more. However, he has looked like a ferocious, powerful runner that's going to be a difference maker for this offense. All right, moving on, uh, I guess moving back, I should say, back to Sunday's games and some of the action there. Drew Brees... He wasn't what we thought he was going to be. Everybody figured he was going to be a great start against that Buccaneer defense. They had been torched by Marcus Mariota in week one. So surely a veteran potential Hall of Famer like Drew Brees was going to carve them up. Uh, 
Not yeah, so much. I can't even talk about it. It Not makes me so throw up much. in my mouth a little bit. Because, I mean, I'm not the only one. We all loved Breeze, and how could you not? His track record at home against the Buccaneers was amazing. Uh, the Bucs had just given up four touchdowns to a rookie in Marcus Mariota. Breeze figured to come back after a mediocre performance against the Cardinals, and it didn't happen. And now we hear about the injury, uh, which, which is probably partially to, to blame. And this quarterback position, as deep as it was coming into the year, at the top, I mean, we're getting a little thin, right? I, I, listen, uh, Luck Brady, has not Brady played well. Brady and Rodgers are alone up there right now. <laughs> exactly. And, and who They're drafted Brady in the is. first five rounds? Nobody. Uh, Romo's out. You've got, uh, you've got Breeze now that could be out for a little bit. You've got Andrew Luck not playing like Andrew Luck. And then last week, which, which to me is, is an unbelievable stat, you had 20 quarterbacks, 20 out of 32, score 18 or more fantasy points. Romo, Luck, and Breeze were not among those three. <laughs> yeah, this, this is predictable, this guys, right? Is, it's the no-figure league at its best right now. Um, but the shoulder injury, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Breeze, how much time he potentially has to miss. But now, I mean, Alex, Brandon Cooks has kind of been a disappointment the first couple of weeks. We thought this would be the week that maybe he gets off a little bit. Um, I, I, first off, yeah, Luke McCown, uh, those commercials may be paying off. You know, He's the, getting his chance. Those backups, some, like, of them, yeah. some of them could be really good if they just got a chance. I, mean, I, was, I was off the Cooks bandwagon coming into the year because I was worried about him uh, with his stature and his skill set assuming a number one receiver volume of targets. I should have jumped off with those. you. But now that he doesn't have Drew Brees, I'm totally off of See, mostly this. But now of. I have an excuse. You know how people blame <laughs> us when they start a guy who has a bad game? Yeah. Now I have an excuse. Right, there you hey, go. Hey, listen, all right? Oh, Brees got out. Brees is hurt. What am I going to do? Right? Uh, yeah, this whole offense is, is worrisome right now if they get a, a, um, a you know Luke McCown in there to start. But the, the, one, the people you could maybe trust are the backs, but at the same time, They've been rotating all the way through them. Like Kyrie Robinson and Mark Ingram have both been getting a healthy amount of touches. C.J. Spiller is going to get worked back slowly. We saw him get in the action a little bit on Sunday. So there's going to be points to be had out of the backfield, but trying to find them is going to be tough. I mean, obviously, the, the injury notwithstanding to Breeze, do you get the feeling through two weeks that that this uh, Jimmy Graham, New Orleans Saints divorce isn't going as expected? Because Graham has been a non-factor in Seattle. The Saints seem to be trying to find some offense there. It's almost like these two sides are going to realize how much they actually need each other yep. right now. I didn't get that trade to begin with. I, I don't really know that a lot of people did. I don't yeah. think a lot of people understood that. It, Fantasy it, or reality. It, it came out of nowhere. It caught a lot of people by surprise. And at least through two weeks, it doesn't seem to be working out for either one of those parties. Uh, Eddie Lacy left the Sunday night game early, much to the chagrin of fantasy owners everywhere. The Packers certainly found a way to survive with James Starks. Uh, but certainly, if you had Eddie Lacy, and certainly I was among them in one of my leagues, you weren't thrilled with the numbers he gave you because of the ankle injury, obviously. But he could play in Monday night football. But Alex is our resident Packer guy here. I mean, would you still expect to see a lot of James Starks this week? Especially if Lacey's coming back from this injury and he does play. I think it's going to be closer to maybe a 60-40, 70-30 split between him and Starks because they're not – Lacey's very important to this offense and they're not going to want to risk further injury. And we saw uh, on Sunday night and in past games when Lacey – he hasn't like missed an actual like ton of full games, but if you remember – I think his rookie year, he went out with a concussion against the Redskins, and James Starks came in and ripped off like 130 yards. 
So Starks can be very successful when Lacey's out. I mean, the offense is built to allow people to be successful, but this is very encouraging for people because I remember when Lacey had his injury on Sunday night, I was seeing whispers and tweets of a high ankle sprain, and it, appears, and it appears he dodged that. So he played in his rookie season on kind of a bad ankle for, for much of it and was still effective. So as long as it doesn't dog him for too long, uh, everybody's dodged a huge and get, here. And get James Starks just top, top as, One of the top waiver wire ads just to be safe. Just as insurance, especially because it's a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did that actually last week. I picked up Starks in the only league I have, Lacey. And thank goodness I did because now I don't have to worry about that position. Uh, whoever starts and whoever's inactive, I, uh, I'm covered. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one – again – if it's not a high ankle sprain, if he can play, that's going to be encouraging. But certainly, I think a lot of people kind of freaked out when he left that game. Or the last thing you wanted to see, trust me, I had Eddie Lacy and Devontae Adams on the same team. And to see them on separate occasions being carted, carted back in the locker room, it's not good. it just made my stomach feel ill. But who, who has really gotten nailed by the injury bug worse than the Cowboys? The Cowboys? Well, we're getting to that right now. I mean, yeah. the Cowboys... It, it seems to all be falling apart. And I don't remember who it was, but watching one of the shows uh, on Monday morning, and, you know, if you, had, if you had said after week two that the Cowboys were going to be without Tony Romo, Des Bryant, that their top three guys were going to be Brandon Whedon, Terrence Williams, and Joseph Randall, mm-hmm. uh, you'd feel like they were in all sorts of trouble right now. On the field, they might still be able to compete in a topsy-turvy NFC East, but fantasy-wise, it's all gone left, Fab. I will tell you this. I'm not picking up Brandon Whedon. I mean, listen, <laughs> is, there, is there a chance he can put up some good numbers? Yeah, of course. Listen, you know, the NFL is unpredictable, so I'm not going to say he's, he's going to be a complete pariah, but uh, it's a major downgrade from Romo. Ter- Terrence Williams... Very good start last week, had a touchdown, major downgrade for Des Bryant. Now we're hearing word that uh, Jason Witten's got two sprained ankles. He's all banged up. If he doesn't play, downgrade to Gavin Escobar, although Gavin Escobar all of a sudden is on the fantasy radar. If Witten does miss that game, uh, Atlanta has not done well against tight end so far this year. So, um, But th- this is not the team that we thought it was going to be, even though they're 2-0. and Yeah. From a fantasy perspective, they went from a team with some firepower and some upside, uh, especially at running back with Joseph Randall, to a team it's just been decimated. Whose best fantasy player right now is Joseph Randall. Right. I'm, I was actually going to write about this in uh, an article for tomorrow, where you have to uh, write about players to trade away or trade for. Terrence Williams, one of the top players, I think, and we'll get to this later, to trade away right now because he he had a good start last week, but. He only had caught like half of his targets for 40 yards uh, with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he caught that broken coverage touchdown, which gave him a good week. That's, as you know, Cap Fabs, you're a Cowboys fan. That's kind of Terrence Williams' mo is mm-hmm. it will go quiet for a while, but then he'll rip off a big play. So if you can get an owner to buy in on that, like Dez is gone, the offense is going to fall through Williams. Sure. Throw him out there, see what you can get. Yeah, and hopefully they don't realize Brandon Whedon is the quarterback. Yes. Well, you know, I, <laughs> hey, Whedon threw him the touchdown. He did. He did, that's he for sure. And he didn't even need warm-up tosses. He just went nope. out there and just threw a touchdown. That was pass. the best. He was just, like, chilling on the bench there. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes out and throws TDs. Um, so is it crazy to think, though, with all these guys gone, one – Darren McFadden is not among the injured for this this group. I know. That's the funny thing. That's a great point. Darren McFadden is not among the injured for this group. But because there are so many guys missing right now, 
I mean, does does maybe Run DMC have a little extra value? I mean, they got to you know they they've got to find offense from somewhere, mm. and you know maybe maybe he starts to get more looks in the offense. You want? I'd still I'd still rather pick up Dunbar. I was gonna say I think Dunbar could yeah. be the one to come in. Yeah, I don't know. McFadden hasn't looked all that great, and I think Randall. I've I've thought it all along. Randall was the superior talent, but. The one thing that I worry about, so, okay, the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in the league. That's going to help in terms of the running game. But defenses are going to come in and stop Randall and try to stop the run because so they're gonna make they Brandon don't respect Whedon. Whedon. Uh, you've got Terrence Williams. You've got Cole Beasley, uh, potentially Gavin Escobar. I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, some of the B-team members here that are now in prominent roles for the Cowboys. So that offensive line can help. Uh, it can only help so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch this team because they were, they were a fantasy goldmine coming into the season, and now things have started to change a little bit for it's, this group. It's funny, too, because, like, they're 2-0, and and no one in the world thinks they're making the playoffs. <laughs> but Seattle is 0-2, the Colts are 0-2. Oh, yeah, they'll be all right. I've never seen so much panic around a 2-0 team right? ever as the Dallas Cowboys. It's hey, true. It's they're, true. They're better off than the Eagles. Um <laughs> Moving on to Atlanta, more injury news there. Tevin Coleman left that game on Sunday with cracked ribs, and it looked as though he really had laid claim to the starting job and being the number one running back there for the Falcons. Now he's going to be out for, you know, we'll see how long. Um, I mean, do you believe, Fabs, in Devontae Freeman to take over that role and be productive? I believe in touches, right? (laughs) I believe in touches. But the Cowboys have been really tough against running backs so far this year. I mean, we all saw what DeMarco Murray couldn't do last week. So it's not a great matchup, but based on volume and based on the amount of touches uh, that that he could see in this contest, he's got to be in the flex starter uh, conversation. Oh, absolutely. He has to be. uh, He was running hard these last two weeks. Didn't quite get the holes that Tevin Coleman had, but Mm -hmm. Devonta Freeman was doing a lot of damage out of the backfield too. I Mm -hmm. think he had like 63 yards through the air last year. So if he comes... He's probably not going to be a featured back. I think they'll rotate in Teron Ward a little bit mm-hmm. because that's just kind of the, the system they're running with right sure. now. But I, I agree with you 100%, Fabs. I think Devonta Freeman's a flex starter moving forward yeah. until Coleman comes back. And I think a lot of people probably cut him Yeah, because they saw what Coleman was doing. So he could be available on the waiver wire out there. So take Absolutely. a look at your waiver wire and see if maybe someone was hasty and dropped him. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I, I before the season started, I was staying away from this backfield altogether because we didn't have a clear idea of how it was going to go. Coleman seemed to be the guy. Now he's out. Um, you know, I, I, either way, I still think that offense runs off the arm of Matt Ryan and through the hands of Julio Jones and everybody else is, is kind of playing for, for second place there. Um, in Chicago, Jay Cutler has a hamstring, hamstring strain, easy for me to say. Uh, look, there aren't a lot of people starting Jay Cutler unless you're in a two-quarterback league or you have like a 28-team league or something like that. Jay Cutler's not being started. But now that Jimmy Clausen looks like he's going to be the guy for at least a couple of weeks, any concern, Alex, about you know Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, Matt Forte, that whole group there? Uh, yes, <laughs> a lot of concern. I saw somebody tweet this out too that the, the Bears fans should get excited because the last time that John Fox was running a Jimmy Clausen-led offense, it led them to the number one overall pick that got him. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. But all, all joking aside, like Alshon's already dinged up. This offense wasn't running well when Cutler was in there, and now you take you definitely take a step down to Jimmy Clausen. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about, about all these guys, except maybe Matt Forte, because I think his volume will be there, and he can still get a lot of dump-offs and do some damage with that. But, of course, you know, they're, they're playing in Seattle this week, too, so that, that's, oh, yeah. that's mean, another reason that you don't want to start anybody not named Forte or Bennett. Um, the Seattle defense 
should should be the number one defense in fantasy this week um, because of that matchup. But I'm going to argue today on NFL Fantasy Live that no player's value who hasn't been injured uh, and isn't playing right now has uh, has taken a bigger hit than Alshon Jeffrey, right? Week one, we didn't know what was going on. Then all of a sudden, he aggravates an injury. He's out last week. We don't know if he's playing in week three. Um, he is a guy who people drafted as their number one fantasy wide receiver. Yep. And through two weeks because of the injury, and then in week one, he, he was he was okay, considering it was 100%. Uh, his value is really seriously taking a hit. And the Bears don't have much behind him. When uh, Bellamy, is that his name? Bellamy? Josh, Josh Bellamy. I think Jay Bellamy. He used to be a defensive back for the Saints. Uh, when, when he's your number one wide receiver in fantasy – and Jimmy Clausen's throwing passes, it's not good. Nope. It's They may be in worse shape than the Cowboys. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people were worried about Matt Forte, uh, and I don't think this was the reason. Like, now there's definitely concern about Matt Forte because if you're, if you're a defense, you stack the box, and you mm-hmm. dare Jimmy Clausen to beat you with his arm. So now suddenly things have gotten a lot harder for Forte. And I, I was one of the guys who still kind of believed in him. I still thought he could be productive. He wasn't going to catch 100 passes this year. We all knew that that was probably out the window, but he could still do a lot. Now I'm really worried about what he's going to face week in and week out, as long as Jay Cutler's not there, as long as those pass catchers aren't healthy. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it was bad enough when Kevin White was you know, put out for a while. Uh, now there's, there's just nobody there to catch the football in this mm-hmm. offense. So I don't know. Uh, staying in the division, Matt Stafford goes down with an injury, and uh, the Lions offense hasn't been great. Uh, it has not been as sharp and as productive as we're used to seeing it the first couple of weeks. It was nice to see Calvin Johnson get back involved a little bit last week. But uh, if Matthew Stafford isn't right, um, I mean, I- any concern that, that whoever's there is not going to be able to get the ball to Megatron? Well, Stafford, uh, he, he did get through the Lions Monday walkthrough, so... I don't know that he's certainly out this week, but if he plays, I'm not touching him. Uh, there's no question about that. Broncos' defense has, has been very, very good. Um, forcing turnovers. Uh, they held the Ravens to next to nothing. And uh, Alex Smith, of course, uh, he, he scored maybe five fantasy points last week. So I, I can't get behind Stafford. Ever since he had that 5,000-yard, 41-touchdown year, it's been all downhill from him. And I wouldn't start Golden Tate this week either, even if Stafford is playing. And, and I argued this during the preseason. If you look at the numbers, Tate had a major, major uptick in his production when Calvin Johnson was either out or being a decoy. Yeah, I said when that on Calvin's the, in there. He's an average wide receiver I from said a that on statistical this perspective. It was like forty-five percent of Tate's yes. production came in those games. And, and now you've got a tough amount. matchup coming up. Um, but the Lions, though, uh, Calvin had a good game last week. Eric Ebron had a good game last week, but. The running backs, uh, Amir Abdullah, Did you, you know, that train that was going at about 99 miles an hour, uh, that slowed down a little well, bit for yeah, all of us. Jim Caldwell <laughs> went into the caboose and took all the coal out of the fire and did. Like, let it go <laughs> to a stop. That's what's baffling is this offense, like we said, they've been struggling, but they aren't giving the ball to their best players. They finally did this week with Calvin Johnson, but Amir Abdullah needs more touches in that mm-hmm. offense. No question that about is, that. It's just ridiculous. But this is a week to stay away, like you said, with that. Yep, you're, the, you're, you're starting Calvin. Uh, and that's, you're probably starting Amir as a flex, though, still. Maybe. I, I wouldn't start. And Stafford actually had almost 20 fantasy points last week, but it's one of those games where reality didn't really mirror what he did in fantasy because he didn't have a great game. It's kind of like Andrew Luck in week one. Yeah, I'd, I'd be concerned about – I love Amir Abdullah season long, but I'd be concerned about this week until that offense figures itself out. Sure. Yep. 
yeah, I, that's, I don't know. It's, it's funny, we're through two weeks. I know it, it's still fairly early, but things are not shaking out in a lot of respects the way we would have. But this is, I mean, we talked about this during the, during the preseason. What is predictable about the NFL? It's unpredictability. We're seeing Deion Lewis emerge as maybe this year's Justin Forsett, right? We're seeing sophomore wide receivers who we liked having that slump, Mike Evans. I mean, he has the same number of fantasy points as we have. Brandon <laughs> Cooks, it breaks my heart, but Breeze is hurt. I think Evans will be okay. I mean, he, he had his injury, so he might he might have been doing the Calvin Johnson decoy out there. I have to watch we'll the see. game tape, but I hope it turns around for him. But I think it could. You I, have to worry about his start. I mean, at the very least. Yeah, it, it was not. It was not. It good was not good. In week, ungood. Well, speaking of uh, things that uh, you want to turn around, it means time to go to the waiver wire for week three. So we'll look at some of the big ads. We talked a little bit about James Starks, obviously with Eddie Lacy, not a hundred percent. We could see Starks get some more work. Um, but the next name on this list, Travis Benjamin. This is a guy who has three touchdowns, all from Johnny Manziel, all of the very long variety, and that's not even counting his punt return for a touchdown. Um, I mean, are, uh, Alex, are we, are we buying in? Are we buying in that, that Travis Benjamin is a thing now? I put him on the deep dive simply because, uh, speaking of how unpredictable the NFL is, Travis Benjamin is the third highest scoring That's fantasy wide receiver. It's insane. <laughs> you know what? But, we, I mean, we all saw that coming. Oh, yeah, totally. We all saw that coming. Look, if, if Johnny Manziel starts, I mean, Travis Benjamin has proved to be explosive and he's been able to get open deep. Manziel only threw like 15 passes last week, so you're going to have to hit on the big one. But in deeper leagues, I think Benjamin's worth a flyer as on your bench. Oh, sure. Five. Or in leagues like Fabs, like you always preach, if you get points for return yards and scores mm-hmm. for players, then he's great as like a flex start because he could, if he hits one of those big plays, then you're golden. What's the worst thing that can happen? He doesn't do anything for a couple of weeks and you drop him. Yeah. But you never want to pass on a hot free agent. You never want to do that unless your roster is so stacked you don't have anyone to drop. But typically, that's not the case. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, again, I guess if it's a deep league, maybe I take a shot at him. I just he's a home run guy, and the home runs are—they're going to be a lot more. At least I expect there's going to be some more. You know, one catch, you know, twelve yards sort of performances out of Travis Benjamin. I would agree. I, I mean, I would uh, agree. You, know, you looked at Manziel's numbers last week. He only threw the ball fifteen times. Yeah. Um, only completed eight of those. So I I am holding fast on the fact that the Browns just don't have so, any wide So here's a question for you then. Would you drop Andre Johnson for Travis Benjamin? I might, yeah. <laughs> just just because at least we've seen some explosion out of Benjamin. We've seen some, some home run potential there. We've seen nothing from Andre Johnson through the first two weeks of the season. Um, well, Deion Lewis, I mean, we mentioned his name. I mean, he's popped up here and... I tweeted, uh, you know, is he going to be the man that kills Bellatrix uh, on, on Sunday? And look, what to me was the most encouraging thing about Deion Lewis, and, and you can jump in on this one, Fabs, is that he fumbled the ball twice, yes. and he still kept playing. I know that to me is that says. I mean, I don't know if this was you know Belichick, uh, Belichick trying to stick it to to Rex Ryan. After the, you know, pretending not to know Deion Lewis's name or whatever, or if this really means that he really believes in Deion Lewis. Well, that was the thing that shocked me, and I actually tweeted that out on Sunday when he fumbled. I was like, all right, well, let's see if he's in on the next series. Put him back in. And this is a fumble in each of the first two weeks, which is typically, I mean, that's that's the, the death blow. That's it. That's it. In, in, a, in a Belichick That's a one-way ticket to backfield. the doghouse sure. for Bill Belichick. I don't know if LeGarrette Blunt is a little rust on him. I, I have no idea because all the reports that we heard during preseason was that Blunt looked pretty good. Um, I was sitting next to Chris Wessling from around the NFL, who's a good friend of the show, and 
he said, Lewis is so good, the Patriots can't take him off the field. And this is a guy who couldn't make a roster. I think it's also their their game plan against Buffalo because they they barely ran the ball. I want to say they ran the ball, like, what, nine times in that game? Mm -hmm. And Deion Lewis fits that mold, which is why I was telling people to play him in the flex because that's how they beat that ferocious – Buffalo pass rushes. They spread him out and just just dumped it off to and everybody. He's, and he's a much better pass catcher. He yeah, really he's is. Super I mean, good. he he does have a little bit of burst, so he can beat you on the ground as well. But where he is making his hay in the stat sheets is through the air. Yes. And Tom Brady, listen, what did we say? Don't don't piss Tom Brady don't, off. Don't make yeah. him angry because right now he's the MVP of the league. He is just looking like every bit the. Uh, the future Hall of Famer that he's been through most yeah, of his Speaking career. of around the NFL, I think they mentioned this on their Sunday recap. So far right now, he has more yards, more touchdowns, and fewer interceptions than his amazing uh, 2007 year. So mm-hmm. if uh, if the Patriots go and happen to win another Super Bowl, does Ted Wells get a playoff share? <laughs> we'll have to wait and <laughs> That's see. That's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, a couple other names of interest. Obviously, Matt Jones seems to, to be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, putting in wa- I'm putting in waiver claims left and right for Matt Jones. I actually drafted him in a couple of deeper leagues. I, I took a late round flyer on Matt Jones, uh, which really actually I have a, uh, in my league of record, it, the commissioner is a huge University of Florida fan. And when I snagged him like two picks before he could get there, uh, there was a there was a hat throw. <laughs> yeah, frustration. The only the only thing I would caution with Jones is that he looks like he looks like the real deal and he looks great. However, this backfield was split pretty much right down the middle yeah. this week. 19 for Jones, 18 for Morris. Week one, Morris got over 120 yards. Yep. Jones could could get you know he could have a lot of big games still. Maybe they give him the backfield because he's their guy, but it could still be a committee and he could come up short in a lot right, of games too. Here's what I wonder though. Um, is he that good where he's going to completely make Alfred Morris uh, expendable? I don't know about that. Exactly. Uh, and the matchup is good this week. They're playing the Giants. The Giants have given up uh, over 22 fantasy points a game. The running backs this year, one of the 10 worst in the league. But can you start Matt Jones with confidence, or did Jones just get hot? Jay Gruden stuck with him, and obviously what happened happened uh, against the Rams, which – the Rams, uh, you know, we're supposed to have one of the best defenses in the entire league, and, and it hasn't been that way so far this year. But I don't know if I can trust him and say, oh, yeah, Jones is an every-week RB2. He's an every-week flex starter. Yeah. He is rosterable in all yeah, leagues. Got to pick him up. Yes, I, I think that. So, but I would say the one thing that would give you some idea that maybe Jones gets more work is the fact that this is a contract year for Alfred Morris, and it may be – what we've seen over the last two years seems to suggest – that Washington doesn't like him. We don't know why. No one Ain't knows made. why. Ain't made realize that. No one knows You're why. Me exactly. And nobody really knows why they're treating Alfred Morris like this. It's not like he's a bad locker room guy. It's or not a bad like he, running back. Not like he's Good a bad running, running back. back. Like he's everything you think you would want out of that guy, out of that player. But he just doesn't seem to get the ball a lot. And so you just wonder if it is that the team is ready to move on from him, in which case maybe you start to see the young guy get more yeah, carries. Because, I mean, the Gruden put in Kirk Cousins now. Maybe this is his running back. He's trying to to coach for his job and be like, look, if I get the guys that I want, this is the offense I can put up. So there is that potential. But right now there's just not enough clarity. So maybe throw him in your flex for this week. But otherwise, pick him up and then don't sell Alfred Morris quite yet. Let's just wait and see how this how the dust settles in here. By the way, um, Alfred Morris is available in the NFL Fantasy Live. <laughs> He's on the block. Uh, wow, okay. Um, another young running back who seems to do nothing but score touchdowns is David Johnson. Uh, you know, it certainly helps that Andre Ellington is banged up. Um, 
are, are we, Alex, are we believing? Uh, look, I had David Johnson. I, I was forced to play him in a league uh, against you, Fabs, I believe, in the Dynasty League. I played <laughs> David Johnson. Um, oh, so you got points for the return. Yes, I got points for the league. return last week. Isn't that the way to go? It's fantastic. Look, I'm not knocking it. It helped me get a win. That's the way um, to go, man. I mean, but uh, like when, when Ellington comes back, are we going to see as much David Johnson in the lineup? I think David Johnson has made his case to get rotated in more. They, have, they know that Andre Ellington has not been the picture of health the last couple of years. And it was funny because going into this week, uh, Bruce Arians was firm and saying, Chris Johnson's going to be our lead back. He's going to get all the touches, blah, 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 blah. David Johnson goes out, just rips it up on a handful of touches. And then I saw, as I was working on the, the waiver wire pieces yesterday, I saw a tweet from the Cardinals that Bruce Arians said, uh, like, David Johnson has earned more touches. Or I think it was something to the effect of it's going to be hard to not keep David Johnson on the field. Mm-hmm. So, so he's still going to stick with CJ as a starter. For now, probably, yeah. But maybe the touches become dispersed a little more even. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Here, let me find uh, – Fabs, what else do you think about David Johnson? I want to see if I can find that tweet real quick. Listen – He's a playmaker. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's not obvious uh, to anyone who's a football fan. He's a playmaker, uh, and you know he he's like a he's a bigger dude, so it's almost strange watching him return kicks and punts, uh, and actually successfully returning kicks and punts because he's a bigger guy. But this this is sort of one of those things that could gradually turn. Like, yeah. so it could end up being David Johnson at some point until Andre Ellington comes back. But Arians likes to lean on the veterans. So I don't know that CJ2K is completely going to be out of the right. picture. But again, and we said this last week, both guys need to be on fantasy rosters right now. Um, playing the San Francisco 49ers this week, who are not that good defensively, despite what we saw in week one. Yeah. The exact quote was Bruce Arians said, David Johnson will have a bigger role each week. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy, if he's available, get him on your roster. He could be a frisky flex play here and there. But as the season goes on, he could get more and more work. Yep. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. All right, uh, a couple of maybe deeper dive waiver wire guys. Uh, Alex, tell tell the world about Crockett Gilmore, please. My boy! Tell, tell so the world proud. about Crockett Gilmore. Uh, well, this is this was one that I identified way in the offseason because there's just there's no, there was nobody else in Baltimore. And Mark Trustman's offense has done good things to tight ends in recent history. He got careers out of Martellus Bennett. And Crockett Gilmore is just a big target who's put in the work, and he's looked, he looked good in the preseason and stuff. They actually they targeted him a handful of times in that offensive disaster in week one, and he was this close to getting a touchdown on that last like Hail Mary attempt from uh, Joe Flacco. But this week, they were playing the Raiders, who got burned by Tyler Eifert. Gilmore was open all the time. He's a big guy. He showed sure hands. And his second, I think it was his second touchdown where he like dragged five guys into the yeah. end zone uh-huh. uh, was just an example of the, the kind of big, powerful guy he is. So I've been telling a lot of people to try and pick him up. He was on that very fringe kind of like maybe he'll get a touchdown tight end situation. But until Brashad Perriman comes back or somebody else steps up, Gilmore's the number two option in that passing attack. And they're probably going to go back to him more often after what he displayed in week Tough two. matchup this week yes. uh, against the Bengals. I don't know that he's become an every week starter, but great, great insight by you, Alex, because no one was talking about Gilmore. No one was talking. No, about not at all. Um, I, here's a deep dive that, that I because I have Jarvis Landry in just about every league I'm in. Uh, I've seen a lot of the Dolphins, and a guy who's caught my eye in the first two weeks has been Rashard Matthews, and we saw his name uh, pop up early in the or not early, but we saw him pop up during the preseason and in training camp. And it was talked that Rashard Matthews was maybe starting to move past Kenny Stills in the pecking order there for the Miami Dolphins. And the first two weeks of the season in week one, not a lot of yards for Rashard Matthews, but he did have a touchdown, had nine fantasy points. Last week, 115 receiving yards. 
And he's he's not Jarvis Landry. Landry's still the guy there. But Rashard Matthews may be getting more run than we would have anticipated at the start of the year. I just don't know that I can trust him uh, week in and week out. Landry's the guy, as Marcus he is, mentioned. He's the guy. At some point, Devontae Parker is going to end up making an impact uh, in this offense. I just don't know that he's ready yet. But the the positive I saw last week was that Ryan Tannehill went into Jacksonville to uh, to a place where quarterbacks have really struggled. If you look back, even dating back to last year, in Jacksonville, they're very tough on quarterbacks. He went in there and played extremely well, dispersed the ball. Uh, Landry had a big game. Cameron was decent. Uh, Matthews had a big game as well. The running backs, eh, not so much. But Tannehill is someone who was a disappointment in week one, but everyone is sort of expecting him to take that next step from a fantasy perspective. And um, And a good week, too. Had 24 fantasy. Yeah, and the matchup this week, and it's weird to say it, Marcus, because it's the Bills, but the Bills' defense has not been that good. They haven't held anybody down, right? I mean, they held Andrew Luck down, but he still scored 19 points. Garbage points, and then obviously they got... They got carved up. Destroyed by, by, by the Tom Patriots. Brady. Right. Although I think that was that was a little bit of, uh, you know, that that's that's the bully beating up on the little brother sort of thing just because Belichick and, and Brady like taking down Rex Ryan. I think yep. the Bills kind of were collateral damage for that. Should, uh, should we welcome in James our, our latest edition? I hey, what's up? Welcome. <laughs> How's life on the 405? Uh, awful. Terrible. Wow. Uh, not very fun. Actually, you know, the thing was, too, I got backed up because um, my father-in-law got backed up. He, he watches our kid. Uh, most of the time, baby co. But uh, so he got backed up on the freeway, so he was late. So then I got backed up on the freeway, and here I am. There you are. Well, you're here. You're here just in time to talk uh, to talk trade targets. Yeah, baby. Uh, as we look at some guys buying, selling through a couple of weeks, and I'll start with you, James. I mean, Amir Abdullah looked great in week one. What happened? Was a ghost in week two. Ghost. Are we are we buying him? Are we selling him? What are we doing with Amir Abdullah right now? Um, man, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to buy. I, I like the fact that his price is probably going to be as low as it probably is going to be for the rest of the year. Um, I'm trying to buy, man. And, and you know, the thing is, I've got Des Bryant in in a few leagues, um, and I'm trying to see if I can move Des Bryant in a in a you know a secondary player, tertiary player. Uh, I've got a couple packages out there that look like Des Bryant and Deshaun Jackson for a guy like Amir Abdullah. Uh, can can it happen? I don't know. It it really depends on how, on where you stand on rookie running backs and where where you kind of figure uh, Amir Abdullah is going to figure into the mix. Uh, yeah. I, we don't know yet. I'm I'm buying on Amir Abdullah too right now. I'm a, I think he's in my column that I'm writing. I have to write a column on Wednesdays for trade targets, guys to target and trade away, and he's one of those because. I think at some point the Lions have to realize he is like the most talented player on their offense after Calvin Johnson. They're going to start feeding him more. So he's a great one to get the panicky owner on who's like, ah, Joyke Bell, or oh, he only had right. three carries last week, and exactly. just go after him. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with Amir Abdullah. I've gotten more and more on board as the preseason went along, and I'm not, I'm not jumping off yet. Jo- you know, Joyke Bell is, is a non-entity. I, I don't know why they keep trying to feed him. I don't know why they keep trying to put him in there. He's a non-entity, and I, I think – Things are going to get better. You're going to have up and down weeks. Abdullah's a rookie. It's fine. Uh, I, I want Matt Stafford to be in there. I feel a lot better about that offense if Matt Stafford is there, but I'm still cool on Amir Abdullah right now. Um, I, want to, I see Mike Evans on this list, but I want to move down one to Jimmy Graham. And, you know, Alex and Fabs, you and I were talking about this before we started the podcast. Look, I know the Packers did a lot to try and slow him down, and, you know, they, they, they did a good job defending him, obviously, but... Two targets? Two targets. 
That's insane. But was he mean, out there as a decoy? Was that what the problem was? I don't know. But that's the offense. Like, he didn't... I, I didn't get the trade. He doesn't fit the offense and what they want to do. This is a run-based team. Smash mouth, okay? Strong offensive line. Run the football with Marshawn Lynch. You've got Russell Wilson back there who does not make mistakes as a quarterback, typically. And he's a guy who can beat you with his legs. The Seahawks have gotten the two Super Bowls with guys like Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse you don't add and a piece, Zach Miller. You don't add a piece like Jimmy Graham right. and make him a D. If you add right. a piece like that... You change the offense to right. involve him in that. Right. It made no understand. sense to me, and the offensive line is weaker because of the move as well uh, with Max Under going to, to New Orleans. Right. And, and this is why I told people I would not draft Jimmy Graham before the fourth or fifth round, end of fourth, beginning of the fifth, because he's not a fit. So you're going to get a game like you got in week one where pretty good, and then you're going to get a stinker, and, and he's going he's gonna to cause you to pull your hair out because he only sees a target or two in the game. He might become wholly touchdown dependent in this offense. The whole reason they might have flipped him was to get that red zone threat, which we saw in week one. And, I mean, it's only two weeks. Let's not overreact. And if he doesn't score that touchdown in week one, you're right, Alex. Yeah. It's, so it's, he, it's a bad stat line. He, he could become just wholly touchdown dependent where you have to hope they get in there and then just feed him the ball in the red zone. Yep. Yeah, but is anybody trading for him or trading him away? What are we thinking? Uh, I mean, I'm not. I, I didn't draft him. I wasn't really targeting him, and I'm certainly not making a move for well, him right now. Yeah, same. In our dynasty league, I traded him before the season started. Because he was my number one overall pick last year, which I thoroughly re- regret. Yeah. Um, but I just don't believe in him. I, I don't, man. I mean, like, Drew Brees in that offense was part of the reason why he was so productive. All right, so but there's a lot of owners out there that do have Jimmy Graham. I mean, what are you suggesting to them? Because Jimmy Graham is a guy that has tremendous name value. He's going to be a guy... Sell, I, I sell, see. sell. <laughs> because he has tremendous name value. Right. Somebody... Is going to look and see, ooh, Jimmy Graham's on the right. trading block. I'm going to make a move for him. Exactly. Right. exactly. I'd sell. I if you are sell. selling him, who, who are you trying to target? Uh, I mean, I think you can get a couple wide receivers. I think you can get a guy, even though he hasn't really performed, but a guy like Jordan Matthews maybe you can get. I think you can get, uh, you know, I think there's some of those kind of second-tier receivers that are out there that are available for a guy like Jimmy Graham. You can maybe get maybe a second-tier type running back. There are plenty of guys out there that I think you can get because – Somebody in your league is going to see mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham, and they're going to be willing to part with something valuable. I got Arian Foster for him, but, I mean, it's a different scenario. It's a dynasty league. Right. And we didn't know that Foster was closer to coming back yeah. um, at that point. But I, I would be – here's the thing. If you picked up, like, Tyler Eifert off the waiver wire, or if you have another tight end that you're comfortable with playing, and you have a weak spot, running back, wide receiver, maybe even quarterback, a lot of people are looking for quarterback help now – I would not be adverse to trading Jimmy Graham right now because I don't think his value is going to do anything but up and down all year long, up and down. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. By the end of it, you're going to be sick. Jimmy Graham for Amari Cooper? I would do it. I'd do it. I'd do that. Yeah. But if you, uh, it, I mean, is it a, it's a, it's a fair trade? No, it's fair. Sure no, it's is. not. It's it's not. It's not lopsided. It's a fair trade. I'd make that deal. Yeah, I'd make that deal. How about Jimmy Graham for Amir Abdullah straight up? I might. I might. I mean, I would. I, I, would, love I would. I would think about it. I would certainly think about it. Um, Man, I probably. All right. Do it. So now, next question. Yeah. What are you doing with Des Bryant? What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, because we don't have a real timeline on when Des is coming back. I mean, we've saw anything. I've seen anything from four to six weeks to ten to twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. That's a huge range. And oh my like, gosh! If it gets closer to if it gets closer to twelve weeks. 
you essentially have lost him for the season. I mean, unless you make the playoffs, you're not getting anything out of Des Bryant. Even if you do make the playoffs, what are you getting from the guy? I mean, I don't know what to do with Des right now. Yeah, at first when his injury came out, I was like, trade for him, trade for him. Because when they said it was like four to eight, I was like, get that panicky owner and get him. But now that it's closer to 12, I mean, yeah, you can try and wait like Fabs did with Josh Gordon famously a year Would or two ago. Would you stop reminding everyone of that? <laughs> but That did uh, not work out well. Gosh, I don't know. It's it's hard to consider keeping hit that bench spot for him if he's going to be out for 12 weeks. Oh, man. And, no and the, thing, the thing that stinks, too, is that the Cowboys, uh, it looks like they're going to use that IR designated IR boomerang on Romo and not Dez. So... So in my leagues, and, and I, I advocate this in all leagues, uh, I have a reserve spot. But you can't put a player in that reserve spot unless he's on IR or unless he's suspended mm-hmm. um, uh, or on PUP. And if that's not the case with Dez and your roster is small, you, you don't have big rosters, you may have to drop him. Uh, I wouldn't advocate doing that uh, unless that's the scenario. I'd rather just hold on to him. Uh, and keep him on my bench. I think right now you but, give him a couple weeks because who knows if in two, three weeks there's like, going to be a point. recovering fast. Like he'll be back in six weeks then right. in good shape. There's going to be a point where you're like, man, there's a hot waiver wire pickup and I don't know what to do and Des Bryant is not doing anything on my roster. But for me, I, I would try like heck to keep him if I could. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way. And I think this is... I'm with Alex. If you can, if you can hold on for a couple of weeks, and maybe the Cowboys give us a little more clarity on his situation. I mean, I need more than you know Des Bryant's own tweets laughing, at the, <laughs> laughing right. at the experts. I need, I need a little more medical science behind my decision. Um, so I, I, I would, if I, you can hold on for a couple of weeks, I think that's the best. I've got a trade out there, Des Bryant. I have Des Bryant, and and I made a trade out there for Danny Woodhead. Um. I don't mind that. I don't mind it either. So you gave up Des to get Danny Woodhead? Yes. You... Did it go through or is it? No, still it's still up? it's still hanging out there. And I know the manager is is dying to pull the trigger, but not exactly sure what's going to happen with Des. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's out there. So I, I don't know. I think moving a guy like Des, I wouldn't advocate dropping him. No, I I, I think he's got wait. too much name value. Uh, you could get something right, that's the thing. out of him. I, under, I understand you wanting to part with Dez right now, but try to get something for him. Don't just right. release him. Right. Like Don't an, give him. Right, right. When an NFL team trades an aging vet, veteran for like a six-round pick in the last year of right. his contract, and people are like, why would you do it for only a six-round pick? And it's like, well, if they let him go next year, they get nothing. They get so. Nothing. Right. so at least get, get yourself something out of it. I would even think a guy like Deshaun Jackson uh, for Dez could be had. Yeah, um... I mean, I would I, look if you're giving me the sh- if, if I'm getting Deshaun Jackson and I give you Dez, I would do that all day. I don't know that I'd go the other way with it because Deshaun's going to be back a lot sooner. Sure, but he's still going to miss a couple weeks here. So, True. Uh, and, and you know, and I guess he's wildly inconsistent. So if you're thinking, well, uh, I'm in a gr- I'm in a great spot. I'm in a uh, I'm two and zero right now. I- I've got good points. Maybe I'm one and one with great points. Uh, maybe I wait and, and see what happens and roll the dice with Des. I don't know. Leagues are crazy, man. Um, one, or two, like, one or two more of these before we uh, hit our daily daps. I don't get short on time. Going from Des to his former teammate, DeMarco Murray, who uh, I believe I heard yesterday is on pace to rush for a whopping 88 yards this season. Yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> this Eagles offense is not we, – we started early in the show talking about how things aren't the way we expected them to be. This Eagles offense certainly is not what we expected it to be. Uh, I mean, 
and I know a lot of us were down on DeMarco Murray to begin with at this point anyway. Is there anything you can get of value right now for DeMarco Murray in a trade? I don't know, man. Uh, I, would, I would have to think you'd have to be one heck of a salesman. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't on board with DeMarco. Uh, I hoped that he did well because I know him and, and I never wish ill on anyone. Um, but the numbers just weren't going to add up this I year, mean, guys. Even when we were they off, we weren't. didn't think it was going to be this bad, though. No, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. <laughs> Nobody I didn't think it was going to be this bad. It was going to be this he, he needs to average 131 rushing yards in the last 14 games to equal what he did last year. And he's on pace for 150 fewer fantasy points. I, I predicted 100 fewer. I think. I so think even I projected uh, less than he thought. He, less than uh, he's on pace for right now. Fabs, where you and I disagree, though, is that yes, I, I get it that he's gonna. He's obviously gonna be way off pace of last year. But if we were expecting last year's numbers, the guy's going in the first round. No one was expecting Demarco Murray to put up last year's numbers. That's why he was falling to the end of the second round. I, I, in a lot of leagues, I saw him going to the end of the third round because people were so down on Demarco Murray. Am I crazy in thinking that maybe this Chip Kelly offense turns it around a little bit? I like the fact that DeMarco Murray was being used in the passing game. It won't be this bad the rest of the year. Because if it it is, Chip Kelly's fired before week eight. (laughs) But but here's here's a scenario that could happen, okay? They're playing the Jets this week. Arguably the top defense in the entire league. Bradford stinks this week. They do nothing. Sanchez is going to end up having his name yes. thrown around. Sanchez. <laughs> so says the USC soothsayer right there. Sanchito. And then you've got a mess on your hands. So we'll see what happens. But um, if you listen to some of the and, – and you should do this because it's hilarious. Some of the people who called into Sports Talk Radio in Philadelphia last week. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sure it was comical. Let me tell comical. you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if they go in and lose to the Jets – uh, they're going to be calling not only for Chip Kelly's head, but Sam Bradford's head, too. Man. You know what? This is what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, I'm going to wait after week three, uh, where DeMarco is almost guaranteed to have a horrible game, uh, and I'm going to try to trade for him. I, I don't know what I'm going to move, but uh, uh, definitely I'm going to move a lower-type piece to try and get uh, a guy like DeMarco Murray because I just I don't know why, man. I just feel like the offense is going to pick up in the back half of the season. DeMarco's going to figure out that offense because, remember, He's figuring out a brand new offense. I think he's still got the talent. He's just trying to figure out his way. And when he does that, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the fact that the offense is going to move downfield. They're going to be in the red zone. Um, and DeMarco's still a big part of the offense. He could be a good buy-low candidate right now. Yeah, I, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think he still has something left in him. I think, I think it'll get better. Yeah, but also keep in mind, Ryan Matthews is still there. Darren Sproles has been the best of their running backs so far this year. Uh, it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess right now. All right, now. anybody else um, we should talk about? Uh, you know, I don't know if there's anybody else on this list that really pops out at me. I mean, I think C.J. Anderson maybe the only other name. I think, uh, look, that, that's another offense that has some problems. But as long as they're out of the shotgun, things will be better. Yeah, I wouldn't sell on C.J. yet. Um, I mean, let's not forget Eddie Lacy started out really slowly last year. Right. Um, due to a little bit like a, the minor concussion and some tough matchups. Anderson has had two tough matchups in KC and Baltimore right away. He's also dinged up with a toe right now. Not time to pe- press the panic button quite yet. Hey, by the way, am I crazy in, in, in trying to buy Larry Fitz? No, not at all. No, no, not I at all. Had, I, I, dropped I this. feel like him and Carson I mean, got a little chemistry, old they man do. chemistry and, going. I mean, you unfairly got yelled at yesterday in the newsroom <laughs> when we were talking about it. But as I said, when I, I, I looked at it, Fitzgerald, over his last eight games with Palmer, has had 46 catches, 
682 yards and five touchdowns. Now, granted, three of those touchdowns came on Sunday. However, the point is the volume is there. He's been targeted 58 times in eight games. By the way, this has got to hurt somebody like John Brown. It's got to. I think John Brown's still going to be fine because be fine. the trouble is John Brown has been a better real football player than a fantasy football player right, right now because if you got points for deep pass interference penalties, <laughs> John Brown would just be making life. it rain right now because he legitimately has had two or three each game right. where he's torched somebody with his speed and they've just tackled him before the ball's got there. Yeah, no, you're loving life then. So. Yeah, it was really funny yesterday, man. I bring up the whole Larry Fitz thing <laughs> yesterday. I'm like, yeah, man, Larry Fitz is balling out. All of a sudden, I don't know what, the fantasy fortress explodes all up in my face. <laughs> It was, I see Gellhar really talking funny. about, yeah, Cole fits this, and Matt Harmon's over there saying, yeah, wagging his finger in my face. Alex Wilk was getting into it, and Kalani, <laughs> uh, too. Uh, we got an executive, John Marvel, who's all of a sudden calling me an idiot. I, I, I'm like, what, what's happening? I'm just bringing up the fact that Larry Fitz <laughs> is still around. I don't understand what's happening. Don't you He's dare spout facts. <laughs> don't you dare spout facts in our newsroom. Are you crazy. Uh, all right, it is. I know we're running short on time. Uh, let's dap it up. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dapping up daps about daps and all right, time for Daily Daps, as always, and uh, we'll deal this out like a deck of cards. Alex? Oh, man, I get to start? Let's do Hell it. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, my Daily Dap is going to go to director Dennis Villanueva. He did uh, the new movie that's coming out, Sicario. It's got Emily Brunt, Blunt, excuse me, Josh Brolin, and Benicio Del Toro, and it's uh, a nice, it's a tense, a it's a tense thriller about like the drug war that's going on at the border of U.S. and Mexico. Fantastic movie. I recommend it. It probably doesn't come out wide yet for another week or so. In most places, we get everything here early in L.A., in LA right. which is great. But also, why I signaled out Dennis Villanueva is because he did Prisoners uh, last year or two years ago with Hugh Jackman and Terrence Howard. That was Howard. a good movie. That was it. And Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Excellent movie. Yep. Uh, so I am I'm loving Dennis Villanueva right now, and I'm going to start digging up his other work. Um, he's got a movie called Enemy that's going to be at the top of my list to see. But if you haven't seen Prisoners, go get it on DVD. As even Fab said, it's an awesome movie. And then Sicario, mm-hmm. when it comes out, really great too. So I'm, I'm all on board his films now. I can't wait to watch more. Yeah, on the movie tip, I, I went to see Black Mass. Uh, Good? Monday. Good, not great. Uh, Good, not great. I felt like, uh, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, who's a fantastic actor, I felt like they kind of wasted him. I thought Dakota Johnson... Um, who was much better than she was in that Fifty Shades of Grey trash, <clears throat> kind of wasted. Uh, it's good. It's not great. Johnny Depp is like the Matt Stafford of movies. <laughs> He's had like one, maybe two good performances, and everyone just thinks this guy's awesome. Yeah. You know yeah. what, though? He was good. He made a whole lot of money from the Pirates of Caribbean. Absolutely. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. James Coe, dab it up. Man, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, Carolina cornerback Josh Norman. I'm starting to do a little game tape on Josh Norman. You know why? The dude blasted me on Twitter. He blasted <laughs> He's good at the Twitter game, man. Oh, he goes crazy on Twitter. He's very uh, – he engages with the fans a lot on Twitter. Anyway, so I, I wrote a tweet about, you know, D-Hop, you know, struggling or whatever it was uh, in his Week 2 matchup against Carolina. And he hits me back and says – oh, and basically what I said was, uh, you know, D-Hop's got 16 yards after a half, right? And, uh, I'm, and, and then I wrote, I'm sick. And then Josh Norman, like at like midnight, okay, hits me back and says, "Good, you should be sick." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Who is this Josh Norman guy? And why is he?" I, I totally thought it was a fake account. I go to the account. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is really Josh Norman." Uh, anyway, so I so I start doing a little digging. 
you know, he really started to come on in the back half of last season. And I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this guy is truly going to be one of the hot names uh, in the back half of this season because he's really emerging as one of those shutdown guys. Look, in the back half of last season, keep in mind, he didn't even start, really start, until week eight last year. I mean, he was in and out of the lineup for the last few years, but last year, Jeremy Macklin, he held to three catches, 38 yards. He held Mike Evans to two catches, 13 yards. He held Josh Gordon to four catches, 48 yards. Even the great Julio Jones only averaged 60 yards a game against Josh Norman. Yeah, then we saw what he did out. against Allen Robinson. Then we saw what we did against Hop. Uh, this guy is really starting to emerge, uh, in my mind, as a shutdown corner. Yeah. So big daily daps to Josh Norman. Nice. Nice. He, uh, he was balling out last year, and people weren't giving him enough respect. Exactly. So I guess that's why he's taking to the Twitter machine the, to the, earn his he's respect. He's going to take his respect. Uh, Fabs, what, what you got? Uh, Alan Robinson, who was one of my favorite preseason sleepers, breaks out last week against the Dolphins yeah. and has a huge game, uh, well over 100 yards, two touchdowns. And 155. he is going to be making appearance on NFL Fantasy Live on NFL Network nice. Thursday. Nice. I'll be interviewing him. That company man tossing that in. <laughs> Congratulations to Allen, who also, by the way, has a pretty good matchup this week against the Patriots. That's yes. right. I said. Yes. yes, he does. The Patriots. He absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to give a daily dap to uh, a guy that... I literally have known my entire life. I was introduced to this guy when I was two years old, and we have been best friends and brothers pretty much uh, ever since then. And uh, he turns 40 years old today. So happy, yeah. bir- happy birthday, Brian Murray. Bro, I love you. I will see you uh, in about a week and a half, and uh, we will celebrate together. But uh, I literally I- I don't remember not knowing this guy. We have been together pretty That's much great. since. That's uh, He's a pretty awesome dude. I since, met him at Super Bowl when he came to L.A. So happy birthday, Brian. Yeah, so since yeah, the beginning, he and I have been together. He turns 40 today. Uh, I think right now as we record this, he's probably sleeping on my couch. So uh, <laughs> happy birthday, bro. I love you. And uh, like I said, we will, we will celebrate in about a week and a half. So uh, that will do it for this one. Hit the thing for the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, for James Coe, for Michael Fabiano, and Marcus Grants. The NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We out. Peace. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.